Welcome to Local Share Green Action Podcast. This show is produced by Go Green Locally, a 501c3 nonprofit providing tools and resources for people that are looking for ways to take even more successful local action that makes a difference for our people and our planet. Today in our podcast, I'm speaking with a gentleman who, among many things, is doing ecological garden design and consultations, producing herbal products and superfoods, and holding educational workshops to help people thrive in spite of our times of economic, environmental, and social uncertainty. I'm speaking with Jesse Boudreaux with Zia Energetics Permaculture in Chimayo, New Mexico. Jesse and Johanna have been operating as a family business for over 20 years. They create their livelihood as homesteaders, foragers, market growers, mushroom cultivators, beekeepers, cob builders, urban foresters, and as herbalists. They share their wide range of experience with their local and virtual classes and community events, teaching permaculture, hosting foraging walks, teaching home herbalism, and fermentation workshops. Welcome, Jesse. Thank you. So pleased to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so I'm so happy to have you. And um, I'm so excited to be speaking with you and find out more about your path of green action that led to your work teaching people and um, all of the amazing amount of things that you're doing. So what planted the seeds for you to want to take some kind of green earth-friendly action initially? Well, um, it's just... I don't know. I feel like it's always been with me. I remember one of my earliest memories was hiking with my folks in the forest and falling asleep on my dad's shoulders. And I woke up uh, in a field of flowers and I just kind of felt to myself. I remember the feeling like, oh, I'm in heaven, you know. So I've just long had a connection with nature. My mom, you know, raised me up in northern New Mexico where I would, you know, go to Native American dances and explore Native American ruins and um, hike on the landscape all over. And uh, definitely had some, I had an initial experience when I was, you know, a young man exploring with psilocybin that opened me up in consciousness to a realization when I was in nature that human beings aren't bad for the earth, but our way is bad for the earth. And I was moved from that experience. It sort of crystallized in me a sense of an imperative, something that I had to do for myself and for the future of of humankind. I feel like earth will be okay, but we can, since then, through all of my experiences, I've learned how we can be good for the earth and heal the earth. I've seen, you know, firsthand how our activity can be such as stewards. And uh, so it's caused inspiration in me and just joy. And it's fun to share that with people um, because, you know, a lot of people feel things are dark and I really feel we have all the solutions available. I've seen so much now that I know we can turn this around, but we have to have that success mindset and take a real honest look at our activity and how we're going to heal it up. So, I mean, that's a very long-winded <laughs> way of saying, yeah, it's always been with me and just something that is ever growing. Um, and it's, you know, a path of joy and a path of health. 
So after um, you and Johanna um, got together and started um, maybe incorporating more nature-centered life and lifestyle, what were some of the beginning projects um, as you created new lives for yourselves and your family? I should maybe preface her a little bit. She can't be with us tonight, but she grew up a ninth generation uh, weaver in Chiang um, and grew up learning plant dyes and some plant medicines and stuff. Her father was from Austria, so there was this nature-based connection. She similarly felt that way. Um, and our coming together, you know, is definitely, that's part of our shared heart as, you know, nature and healing, you know, sort of consciousness. So some of the first things that started to crystallize, we were just young, going to college, I gravitated towards classes on um, ethnobotany and, um, you know, there was a course I wanted to take on planning, regenerative urban planning that I didn't get to, but I was connected with the thoughts and ideas through other students and people I was running into. And my mind started to move toward, you know, those thoughts. So we just, you know, we had like a, a urban farm where we were growing gourmet mushrooms with my brother-in-law from the time and a um, little backyard garden and going to farmer's market you know, to augment our income and to explore this part of ourselves that we all were feeling collectively. And from there, I went to a school called Ecoversity that was started by Scott Pittman, who was one of Bill Mollison's uh, right-hand men, as well as a number of other great people, Alfred von Bachmeier and Joel Glansberg and all these great designers and permaculture practitioners and artists and um, I did a two-month extended course in permaculture design. And after that, they had like section where you were of the, this extended uh, earth-based living course where you would, you know, take mentorship. And so I worked with at Plants of the Southwest. I worked with a few landscapers. And so we were doing market gardening as well. On the side, you know, like, as I said, just in the backyard, eventually moved after college, moved out to some agricultural land in Chimayo that was uh, my wife, my wife's uh, uncle's place, which was a nice opportunity for us to delve in deeper to homesteading and um, food forestry. And I started to apply that more and more into my design and what I was offering the public. So for the last 20 years, that's been the mainstay, has been creating edible landscapes and, you know, a perennial regenerative food forests for people uh, to have access to food in the urban landscape. I think there's so much potential there for sequestration of carbon, for, you know, creating habitat for bees, for creating food and medicine, and also creating, you know, after this last year in a pandemic, we were shown you know the shaky ground we're on if we had local food sheds people even growing victory gardens and community farms and creating food forests in the city we could be you know bioremediating uh the pollutants as we're putting them out you know hopefully transitioning to more regenerative appropriate technologies and doing more forward-thinking design in terms of rainwater harvesting, employing, you know, fungi and other things to bioremediate, creating free food for people and, you know, 
in that way, making more resilience for our communities. Before we go too much farther with that, I want to ask how you like to describe permaculture to people who are not familiar with it, just um, and maybe how you chose the name as the permaculture. Yeah, sure. Uh, I would describe permaculture to people as being, you know, we have a, a the way it's described in the teaching is a permanent culture, a, a culture that we can sustain permanently, not just sustainability, which I feel is a bit of a buzzword. We're talking about, and not just with sustainable, but, some, but uh, thinking forward in that indigenous way of seven generations ahead or infinite generations ahead. And that has a lot to do in terms of the style is this agroforestry style where you're stacking layers of plants. Um, so that Bill Millison challenges his students to grow eight acres worth of food on one acre by interplanting annuals and perennials and, um, you know, trees and stuff. You can have this forest that gets bigger and bigger and always provides more and, and takes less uh, tillage of soil. There's, enough, there's so many aspects of it. Tillage of soil is one of the great things that is desertifying our planet. And so this other style sequesters carbon in, in a great way and, and creates food. And, but it also goes into our buildings, you know, our energy technologies. And so we're, we're trying to think of a way of, that is a style of living that essentially creates a harmonic of abundance instead of, uh, you know, uh, entropy, which is essentially what we have now going on. And I think everyone can recognize that. Yeah. Um, so um, of the many things that you are teaching your students, what are the most impactful ways that you are helping your students to create maybe more uh, sustainable and satisfying lives? Well, we really, that's one of our token uh, hallmarks is that we really like to get people involved and in actually uh, practice, you know, there's a lot of permaculture sharing. We come from a society that is very head heady and very takes delight and you know entertaining thought a lot but then i like to get people actually doing and integrating these practices into their life finding ways I had tons of people come out for cow building courses that they really have this buildup we all have this buildup that we can't we're not empowered to build for ourselves to grow food for ourselves or forage and we feel that that's all dangerous, you know, or you have to have special knowledge. And when you get people just stomping in the mud and building, you know, with their hands, I've had children working on this and it's, people are having fun. And then they tell me, wow, I, I'm going to go do this at home because I had this idea that it was a lot harder than it is. So we feel that with our foraging classes as well. We want to empower people to integrate this into their lives and lifestyle. And so it's a delight when I hear back from students, especially our permaculture design students that are continuing the work and doing things in the realm of permaculture. So that, that's kind of my hope and, and the wish. And that's what seems to be panning out is that we're able to get duplication. So as a planet, what do you feel the potential of permaculture offers as more communities integrate improved site designs and concepts? I think the, the potential, I know um, from the modeling and everything that 
we can have carbon drawdown. Everyone's been, you know, talking about carbon, you know, mitigation and what have you. We can, with this style of agriculture, have carbon drawdown. And we can create, we forget that our economic abundance is our biological abundance. So there's been this demonstrated now in Lewis Plateau in China and also in India, where people have taken to this agroforestry style and are creating for themselves economic abundance, but they're also doing a duty to heal the planet. And I think of this as a matter of international security at this point, I think, but it's something we could all easily do in our backyards, start planting trees and gardens. And if each one of us planted one, two, three trees, you know, and some plants, you know, we're doing the duty. So, and, you know, and if we change our agricultural style to this way, we can get our, with dovetailing into our work with herbalism, um, we come from, you know, sort of the ancient Hippocratic thought of let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. And so if we have healthy, nutritious food, because food from local food sheds is fresher and more nutrient dense, organic foods are, have more nutrient density. There's more of this. And the more we heal soil, because we are actually being made of 90% or more microorganisms, the soil is our bodies in other words, and a lot of the things that are being out there like glyphosate are destroying that soil uh, biology, which makes up our immune health and, you know, our overall um, health, because like I said, it's a greater part of your being. So once we, it will, I think, also heal mentally, you know, socially, this sense of being disconnected when we are all interconnected, we realize this through taking care of our soil, taking care of our communities, and taking care of our health with fresh local food, then that does something to you. You have an experiential thing that changes you where you're no longer, you no longer want, you know, to be in disease, to have the um, toxicity uh, that we've created. People forget that we're bioaccumulators at the top of the food chain. So all the toxicity that we put in the environment, we bear the brunt of more than any other organism, you know, sort of as our karma. And incidence of cancer is one in two. It stands to reason that, and it's definitely been connected in terms of things like glyphosate, cancer incidence, you know, statistically correlated and they've proven that it's detrimental to health and we can, if we can understand these things and we can just turn them around, that's the hidden benefit. And we can grow into wholeness as a culture and as like a human family with the other plants and animals of this planet and really start to have a good time and, and feel that heaven on earth uh, vibration. So um, that's my, my vision and hope and thought around that. <laughs> Yeah. So looking towards the future, what are maybe some upcoming events that you're planning on having maybe the end of this year or maybe um, on into 2022? Well, uh, as we go into, we still have a few foraging events coming up. And as we go more into the winter cycle, we're going to be offering, you know, lacto-fermentation, you know, putting your food up and that sort of thing, as well as at-home herbalism. Um, we want to empower people to be their own doctors in a great way to learn to sense from the inside out this you know, body 
and be empowered to understand their connection through food to food, you know, through their body and and herbs. And you know, that's actually what you know, ancient cultures, that's what permaculture is, is this threading together of many ancient cultures. And so it used to be pretty much all the mothers and grandmothers were herbalists. Everyone in had a home at home herbalist. And so it's that reclaiming of our human sovereignty and dignity and connection. So in doing the type of the work that you do and living as your family does, what might be a challenge that you faced and how have you overcome it? Oh, there have been many, many challenges from economic to, uh, we live in the desert. So uh, it's challenging growing here. You know, there's the challenges of raising children in the modern age and trying to look very core to this you know, and bridging all those gaps, you know, having home birthed and homeschooled and homesteaded and all these things. The major number one thing has been just the determination to do it. Just really feeling like on the one hand, the motivation from seeing the way the world is going and realizing that we need to rest on this more sturdy foundation of creation. And on the other hand, the inspiration more so of just the joy of wanting to live this way our whole lives, of, to be essentially natural native people to the earth, which is like our birthright, you know, to be in health and to, we're the only beings on the planet that pay to live here. All the other animals know how to immerse themselves into the system. So what are some of the ways that you're enjoying the rewards of your work? Oh, I, I can't even tell you how, how much. I mean, number one, my health is excellent. I've learned you know, to be, that was part of the wish and the initial wish is just a sense of wholeness, you know, and balance with myself and the earth and learning, you know, our, our activity is bad for the earth. We are not bad for the earth. We can change our activity to be good for the earth and being able to, in my life, see how many trees and gardens I planted and created, how much rainwater, soil, just in, you know, people's home gardens and little bit of homestead they you know in that gandhian way of small moves we can make great changes and that's that's been great we've you know managed to uh, create a living that we feel like in right livelihood so we can rest with our conscience at night and you know our bodies are healthy and well and these are the you know riches that a lot of people miss out on chasing you know fame or money or you know what have you and I just, I feel like the richest man in the world in that way, being connected with my family, having, like I said, you know, home, uh, homeschooled and home birthed and being um, connected to the soil and the land is just very gratifying. If your ideas, your experience, and your wisdom were all wrapped up in seeds of potential action for you to give to others, what advice would you give to people that might want to start something like this um, in their area? I would say just feed your inspiration first and foremost, just keep, that's one of the things that has kept me, you know, going is just that whole thing of energy flows where thought goes. So I would, I would, instead of watching TV, I'd watch permaculture YouTube videos or documentaries or watch stuff about herbalism. I'd spend, you know, essentially immerse yourself in it. I would, you know, spend all day gardening in someone's garden, come home, create an organic meal with some of the things from our garden, have that with my family, sit down, 
watch some of that kind of information to or read or you know just immerse yourself in terms of your thought and you will just you'll just grow so much you will feel that inspiration growing in you you'll feel your knowledge growing and confident competence equals confidence so a lot of people feel a lot of people fall short of their success just as they're about to succeed and often in self-judgment of their ability and we're all able to embrace this and now is an important time to do so we need to take responsibility for ourselves and the earth and you know step into that stewardship and our more noble aspect of of caring for and nurturing creation yeah so as we wrap up our show can you recommend um maybe a resource such as a book or a podcast film or video that has been particularly impactful or helpful to you first of all i'd say if if you haven't watched on netflix kiss the ground that is an amazing movie that shows the many kinds of permaculture or ways in which we can employ permaculture and we can scale it you know as you know as small as someone's backyard and as big as as they feature in this movie a size, a piece of land the size of roughly the size of new belgium or belgium it's it's in it's a massive space thousands of square kilometers and so th- that that really inspires in terms of seeing how it also goes into detail about this whole cycle of carbon and how it really works and the soil other other i love jeff lawton's youtube channel oh man there's so many people that i've followed over the years that it's hard to peg them down uh, in terms of literature I love Masanobu Fukuoka's One Straw Farm. That just resonates with my, you know, sensibility and soul of the, his lifestyle, ingraining it into a lifestyle. And other great books, I think, in terms of learning, is Botany in a Day by Thomas Elpo, because it helps you learn the plant families versus the individual plants, which simplifies nice. the learning and has all the medicinal, edible. Uh, plants out there because that's the other thing is the whole world is a garden full of food and medicine um and we just have to open our eyes and learn to see what's there so if people would like to learn more from uh from you are you open to people contacting with you contacting you maybe at your website absolutely absolutely if you go to our website there's information on how to contact us the events we're offering um you can also just email me which is uh Zia Energetics LLC at gmail.com. And uh, other than that, yeah, just check out uh, www.ziapermaculture.com. We're also on Facebook. Uh, similarly, just look, look for Zia Permaculture. And we offer our events, you know, two to three times a month when we offer, we've been offering one spring permaculture design course, a two week uh, intensive hands on where we do everything from design, working in the garden, to cob building, to foraging in the forest, medicine making, beekeeping, all of it, just everything we're doing at our uh, homestead demonstration site here. And that way people can get sort of an immersion into natural living. And so that's what we got offering through our website, as well as our uh, products and our, you know, cleanses and stuff. Well, thank you so much for being um for sharing this with us and being a living example of living more in harmony with with nature and your family and your community. 
it's my pleasure. It really is a joy and an honor to just, you know, hold this and, and share it with everyone I can. It, we absolutely can make it through what we're dealing with. And we just have to, you know, combine that success mindset with education and help our, uh, you know, uh, family and friends as best we can to see that there, there's a positive potential. I think this crisis, this is pointing out in permaculture, they say the problem is the solution. It's just pointing out flaws in the system that need addressing. If you haven't yet visited your local green online hub, then please visit gogreenlocally.org and check out the directories for events, groups, businesses, online resources, and local support listings for your area. If you find something is missing, then let us know or just log in and add it. These are community free sharing directories.